Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show this week with Dr. Brian Forrest. If people want more information about today's show or they want to find out information about your practice, where can they find it? If listeners want to send general, non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Uh, make sure you include that so we can thank you for the questions you send us. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can call 919-363-0190. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prostologist Victoria Bratan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? I would like to talk to you today about how hearing loss can impact your life and not just your life, but the family members and your friends and your colleagues around you because of a hearing impairment. You know, there's a fact that, you know, an average people wait four to eight years between their first noticing that they have a hearing impairment to actually have themselves checked and actually take action. It's not like your your eyes, when your eyes, you start having problems seeing and things aren't so clear, you immediately go have your eyes checked. Say, what is wrong? I cannot see what's going on here. And a person will have their eyes tested and then they'll put the eyeglasses on or their contacts or they'll have surgery to correct those issues. But with a hearing impairment, it happens so gradually over a period of time, you don't really realize the things that you're actually missing so what happens is your family starts noticing these things your friends notice these things your colleagues notice these things and they bring them to your attention and that's where a person may go five or six years because they're not really realizing the impairment that they have and then they want to put it back on the family well if you spoke clearly i could hear you better if you were looking at me when you talked to me if you didn't talk to me from another room if you would if you would speak clearly um, those are issues that the person is actually in denial and they're actually putting it back on that family member that that friend that colleague which can be an issue for individuals so, so let me just put this out there it could be that someone's it's not someone's not listening it's they're not hearing what you're what you're saying so it it affects relationships and everything else, and you say this could be going on four years or for more? years, for years, between four to eight years before an individual actually have themselves checked. So for the family member that is suspecting this is going on, yes. what is the easiest way for them to broach this subject so that actually something happens? Well, I would say anger isn't always the answer, (laughs) but a lot of people do come in very angry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time it's the spouse or a family member that loves this person that is still in denial and they really want the help and they get very angry with the person. Um, Anger doesn't always work. Right, but in the past shows you've talked about just some Mm -hmm. things that are really systematic of this in other words they come in and the tv is blaring you say why is the tv on so loud yes that is correct those sorts Um, of things other other things that uh family members bring up 
Yes. Um, you're not hearing me on the telephone. You don't hear your telephone ring. Uh, I called you and called you and called you over and over again. I was in the shower trying to take a bath and forgot the sh- forgot my soap, and you didn't hear me, and you were just in the next room where a person who has normal hearing is going to hear someone ask for help. Mm-hmm. They're going to hear that phone ring. They're going to hear the conversation on the telephone. They're going to hear the television at a low level versus having to crank it up. Because most of the time when the person loses their hearing, most of the time when it's noise-induced type of impairment, the person is going to lose their higher frequencies first. Those are their consonants. Those are their, that's their clarity. Those mm-hmm. are their THs, their Fs, their Ss in speech. That helps give them it's like walking, reading a newspaper without your THs and your S's and your F's. Mm-hmm. You can still figure them out, but it might take you a minute to, to see what it is. When it comes to the hearing, the brain starts losing the ability to understand speech for what it is. So you think you're hearing the word for what for the true value, but you're not. So the person says, well, honey, come on, let's go out on a date tonight. And you say, gate. That D and that G are so close, you misidentify one for another. And then over a period of time, the auditory deprivation sets in, and now the word is no longer similar. It's a total different word. And that's where the family members get very frustrated because they're saying, I didn't tell you this. I didn't tell you that. Um, No, that's what I heard. Well, it is what they heard because that's how their brain interprets it. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage someone who has a hearing impairment to actually look and, and kind of think about what is the issues that I'm having? And do I really have a hearing impairment? And there's things that we look at with our patients and we try to encourage them. We have a list of things that we ask our patients to look at over a period of time. One is the television, okay? Mm-hmm. Does your family ask you to turn the television down because you have it too loud? Is your family sitting in another room watching television because they can't stand sitting in a room with you because it is too loud? You know, is your family family saying, you know, I need for you to handle this for me, and then you not understand anything that's being said. It's not even done properly. So I give you an example. I had a patient come to me, been hearing impaired for over 30 years, okay, needs to be fitted with hearing instruments. He's in denial. Wife comes in with him. You need to get hearing aids. He chooses to get hearing instruments. Well, at the beginning, he didn't. He didn't. He came in. He got tested. He went home. He went months without doing something about his hearing. His wife comes home, says, honey, uh, go outside and get the KFC out of the car for dinner. What does he do? He goes, gets in his car, drives up the road, buys KFC dinner, comes back. She's got the food sitting on the table. She's mad. So he comes back, says, I better go ahead and get fitted with hearing aids. And then Mm -hmm. he said, "This I should have done this five years ago. This is the best thing I ever did. But sometimes it takes anger. Sometimes it just takes being patient with that individual. All right. All right. Well, we, we are with uh, Victoria Batan, uh, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates with offices in Nightdale at 3009 Village Park Drive and at 1356 Beverly Plaza in Rocky Mountain on the web at com. But we've got more segments coming up with Victoria. You are tuned to Access Health Radio. News Radio 680 WPTF. And welcome back to Access Health Radio. Victoria Bertan, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates, back with us for segment two. And we're talking about untreated hearing loss. So can you get into some specifics and some areas uh, that you diagnose? 
Yes, sir, I can. Um, untreated hearing loss is a major health and quality of life issue. Uh, hearing loss isn't just an ear issue. It is a health issue. It can occur for natural reasons, um, but other causes may be surprising to you, too. Um, one could be just aging, age-related hearing loss. Other is excess being exposed to excessive noise. Um, infections in your ear can cause a hearing impairment for you. So if you had a lot of infections as a child and you start having them as an adult too, that could be issues for you over a period of time. Um, various of diseases that could cause a, a, cause a hearing impairment like meningitis, that can cause an issue for a patient. They can lose mm-hmm. their hearing immediately. Um, injuries to your head or to your ear, uh, brain defects, um, birth defects, um, genetics itself, um, and the other is otostic medications, drugs, right, yeah. uh, cancer treatment, chemo, uh, antibiotics, radiation. Those things will ruin the hearing over a period of time. So we try to encourage our patients to look at what you're doing every day. Look at how you're exposing yourself to noise. Protect the ears. If you have to take medication, look at the side effects. You know, See if this is going to be an issue for you over a period of time. If it's genetic, you're really not going to be able to do much about it other than maintain the hearing and what i mean by that is that over a period of time uh you'll start experiencing auditory deprivation that's where we're talking about a little while ago where you start under you start misunderstanding what people are telling you over a period of time so what you want to do is actually treat the hearing with amplification so we can get in there specifically target the hair cells that need it the most give them the amplification so that the person is actually hearing back at more of a normal range mm-hmm. and that helps keep the brain trained of how sounds are supposed to be so that the auditory deprivation doesn't set in on that individual so there there can be some hereditary traits that uh, carry over correct yes sir it can so, be genetic yes so if sometimes this is it in can... your family history uh, uh, when do you start looking well to it can get jump generation it can jump a generation yeah. You know, so it doesn't always mean it's going to be mom and dad that's passing it to you. It could be grandma and grandpa kind of deal. So you have to really look and pay attention to just have your hearing tested. Have it tested. Have it checked once a year just like you do your eyes. And just verify and validate, do I have an issue? Where could this problem be occurring if I am having an issue? And how can I correct it? Or how I can prevent it? Or how can I maintain my hearing? Those are important things. If the person is taking 7 to 21 different types of medications prescribed by their physician, um, then they could, should be able to sit down and talk to a physician about maybe some alternative medications, something they can do a little differently that can help protect their hearing. And like I said before, if, if they're exposing themselves to noise then they use ear protection but if you have ear infections you don't want those to just linger in your ear you need to be seen by a physician so depending on what kind of issues are you having is how you address it and we try to encourage patients just have yourself checked once a year just let somebody look at you and make sure you're okay it could be wax impaction it could be middle ear fluid it could be sinus issues it could it could be a tumor growing Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't know that. Um, a lot of patients, when they come in, they have a one-sided hearing impairment. They have one ear that's good and the other ear that's bad, and they can't explain why they're having those issues. A lot of time, it's the growth on their eighth cranial nerve to their brain, which is keeping them from being able to hear, which is a tumor. It can kill them over a period of time if it grows up into the brain. So it's not always symmetric. That's correct. Oh, you are correct. So you don't know until someone actually checks you out. Don't wait to the last minute. Don't let it be a medical issue. If they assess you and they make recommendation, you choose not to go that route. That's your choice. 
that's your choice. But at least educate yourself about your body and what's happening so that you can make the better choices of what to do or decide not to do. So this is kind of interesting because uh, in a way it's kind of like somebody that has contacts. Correct. Uh, you know, you can see, but you don't see great. So what you were telling me, the high frequencies, so the high frequencies are missing. And someone listening to this show today, uh, they may f- know somebody that where, the, where the endings of the words are, are not being heard. Yes, sir. Uh, so you would recommend them to get a hearing aid so that they hear more normally? As long as they don't have a medical condition that needs to be treated, yes. 99.9% of the time, that's what a hearing instrument does. It's the same as what eyeglasses do. It gives the patient back some security. It helps that person mm-hmm. feel more confident about what they're hearing. Whether, you know, instead of feeling, oh my goodness, I should withdraw myself from this situation. I shouldn't do this because I'm not going to be able to hear. Maybe I shouldn't sit up at the front in the meeting, or right. maybe I should sit at the front at the meeting. You know, helping you make decisions what's best for you on an overall. The part that I'm the happiest about is today's technology and the technology for the past five years has really been awesome, really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not straight amplifiers. They're actually little tiny computers. We can be very frequency specific on these hair cells for these patients. These instruments help separate speech from noise. So that person that's sitting in there in the vehicle right now listening to this station and they're missing some of the consonants because the road noise is masking out what they're trying to hear, a hearing instrument can separate that speech from noise and make it easier for that person to be able to hear understand and enjoy conversation again yeah but you also are a hearing rehabilitation specialist yes sir and that is a huge differential i I don't fit hearing instruments just for the hearing impairment i treat it for the patient's hearing loss and their lifestyle so your lifestyle may be different than mine if i deal with a lot of noise on a daily basis then my product needs to address those issues more than what yours would do if you're just every so often putting yourself into a noisy situation very good uh we have another segment with victoria coming up Uh, you are tuned to access health radio uh victoria you can be reached at Downey's Hearing Care Associates, uh, Hearing Aid and Urgent Care uh, at uh, 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale, 1356 Avenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. Check them on the uh, website at downeyshearingcare.com. Another segment coming up. You're tuned to Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. Uh, we've got another segment with Victoria Bertan, uh, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates, along with us. I always learn so much every month. Uh, you can catch uh, Victoria the third week of every month here on Access Health Radio. You know, one thing that we do hear time to time, people may hear kind of like a, a ringing in the ear. I, I, it has got to be so annoying. Yes, sir. There's millions of people out there with ringing in their ears. And most of the time uh, when we we hear this, most people want to say, well, I I think I've got a hearing loss with it. But just because you have ringing in the ears doesn't mean you have a hearing loss. Okay, that doesn't mean that. Um, But it can be an underline of other situations. It's not a disease. Um, ringing is normally is not a disease. It's normally something, another underlying condition, 
basically and actually from something bigger. Hmm. It might be an ear infection. It might be high blood pressure medication. It may be uh, commonly known as a hearing loss, but not all the time is it a hearing impairment. Uh, one of the things that we look at is that ringing in the ears is one of the number one disability for military. Really? Yes, for military veterans. Uh, Tinnitus can also occur at any age. So, so is that brought on by the the loud? The uh, noise exposure. Yes, sir. Noise exposure, shooting guns, working in a loud environment itself. Cannons and, going off and everything else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, and then they have the ringing. Uh, most of the time it is trauma to the ear. It's Like I said, it's not a disease. You know, it's, it's something com- you've done to yourself over time. And I, and I did this. When I was in, uh, just listening to a lot of concerts, you would come out and you have that kind of like And the ringing. ears become fatigued. You're not hearing as well during but that time. But it's temporary. Mm-hmm. It's just temporary. What happens, it's called an acoustic reflex. The noise level is so loud that the ear actually starts protecting itself. It starts making the tensor membrane and the mouse... Um, uh, muscles to actually start tightening up to help protect that inner ear so once you start having ringing in the ears and the ringing doesn't stop you definitely want to make sure you get yourself checked um the number one thing that we deal with when patients come in with ringing in the ears is we want to make sure of the level of dissatisfaction they are with that ringing and the reasons for that is because if they're pushing themselves at a range of one to ten is one being no big deal and ten is like driving them mad then that's that's the time that most people want to commit suicide when they get to that number 10. Yeah. So what we try to do is look at where are you on that range? What can I do to fix that problem? Uh, when a person has a hearing impairment and they have ringing in the ears, 80% of the people who wear a hearing instrument with ringing in the ear with a hearing impairment, the ringing goes away while they're wearing their product. So it cancels out. Yes, sir. It cancels it out. Ma- right. ma- and what actually doesn't really cancel it out, a lot of times it stimulates the hair cell where it's supposed to be. It's just giving its true value of where it needs to be, and it'll actually produce. Um, the other thing that you're looking at is over a period of time, 10% of people will actually, the ringing will go away over an 18-month period of time. Then you have another 10%. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it worse. It just doesn't do anything. So per, higher percentage of 80%, it goes away while they're wearing it. That's the, that's the chance that I would take. Let mm-hmm. me try that. Let me see if that will work yeah. for me. Let me see if I can hear better, understand better, and make this ringing go away that's driving me mad. All right. But get yourself checked out. Get yourself checked out. That's the only way you're going to know. Uh, thank you so much, Victoria. Victoria Batan, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates at Downey's Hearing Care. They have uh, two offices at 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale. 1356 Beverly Plaza in Rocky Mount on the web at downeasthearingcare.com. And if you want to email about uh, ringing in the ears or anything that you heard on this show, uh, it's downeasthearing at, at yahoo.com. All right, Victoria, we'll be back the next month, the third Sunday. We uh, look forward to seeing you that. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you all. Today. That concludes our show for this week, and hopefully you're going to be able to use this information to be a better healthcare consumer and improve your health overall. Our scripture today comes from Exodus 15:26, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. 
Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.